Homestyle Green, episode 76. If you're designing a house or getting one designed, there are a couple of publications that you really need to check out. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I am Matthew Cutler-Welsh, the host of the show, and this is the podcast all about making a better place to live. Whether you are looking for a new home for yourself or perhaps renovating an existing home, or maybe you're in the business of creating good homes for other people, this is the place for you to find out about what's going on out there with good design and also good products and good services and maybe just get inspired by what other people are doing, um, both here in New Zealand, Australia and around the world. Now, recently I had the chance to catch up with the CEO of Nadura, and this was an exciting uh, episode for me to catch up and uh, learn a little bit more about ICF, or Insulated Concrete Forms. And I was very impressed with Nadura, kept on chatting with them, and I'm very pleased to announce that they are indeed going to be sponsoring this episode and a few episodes of the Homestyle Green Show. Now, why would I want to have Nadura on board as a sponsor for the show? Well, three big reasons for me why I think Nadura is worth looking at if you are in the early stages or perhaps you're a little way down the track in designing and thinking about a home for yourself or indeed um, helping someone else out with their future home. And those three things are energy efficiency, and that takes the form of an R value of 4.2 for the standard uh, construction of a Nadura wall. Now, if R4.2 doesn't impress you, just think of it that it's about double the uh, building code and pretty much double what the standard practice is for a, a regular wall. And that's a new regular wall. If you're, if you're uh, an existing house, it's going to be way less than that. So energy efficiency, big tick there. Acoustic performance, Nothing like being in a house of uh, that's a solid construction. And uh, we, we don't experience that a lot in this country, but those who have lived in a brick house or a stone house would definitely appreciate the benefits of, of that uh, feeling of just quiet coziness. And finally, this is a big one, uh, the speed and ease of construction. So anyway, that's Nadura. Check it out. Worth a look. It's different from the way that you might be thinking about building. And there is a lot of exciting things happening in that space in New Zealand coming shortly. So this is a good one to check out. Get ahead of the game. Head on over to Nadura. That's N-U-D-U-R-A dot com. And also their New Zealand website, which is energyefficientbuilding.co.nz. Now, on to today's guest, and this is someone who's very interested in helping people create a better place to live. Mark Graham is the owner of publishing, uh, well, it's a publishing production company called Straight Up Productions Limited, and he produces a whole bunch of really good content, not least of which is the Homeowner's Building Guide and also the Design Guide. He also produces another a publication specifically for builders called Bob for Builders. And I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. But as usual, I started out by asking Mark why he does what he does. I 
studied uh, philosophy, actually. Philosophy? At university. Yeah. Yeah. And then flipped to journalism. Yep. And then ended up working in advertising and hated it for 14 years. Hated it? Yeah. Right. What did you hate about it? Oh, it's a fairly hideous uh, industry. You know, basically, uh, advertising is around selling uh, selling products that people don't want uh, and uh, don't need and trying to make a case for people to buy them. Right. So, you know, I... I, 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 I we're pretty uncomfortable with the whole notion of, of um, advertising, yeah. which is ironic now that I'm a publisher and I rely on advertising to actually, uh, you know, fund my my uh, my business. But uh, at least the advertisements that I run in my publications are relevant for the people who are reading my publications. You know, they're around about um, building products or services, so they are. You know, they're actually useful for people. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, you watch a TV program and you see ads that people think you may be interested in simply because you fit a demographic, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, and, and uh, you know, there's um, an interesting group of people that work in ad agencies. Some people are fantastic and some people are fairly hideous. And uh, unfortunately, I tend to come across my share of hideous people. <laughs> Anyway, um, part of what I always wanted to do was to find some way of um, having a uh, an income yeah. where I was able to help people. And uh, short of, of um, going into uh, the uh, NGO sector, the charity sector, yep. um, I kind of looked at this opportunity when it came along and realized that here was a way to help educate people through their building project mm-hmm. where there was a huge need for for help and education and nobody else seemed to be doing it uh, and, when, when, and try to improve this? all sorts of outcomes. When What, uh, what year was this? Um, I, I, I bought the building guide in 2006. Right. And and so on the one hand, uh, as a business opportunity, I looked at it and I went, look, um, you know, councils hand these out to homeowners who are building, who are actually doing building work. If you're a marketer trying to sell products to people who are building houses, then, my God, why wouldn't you want to be in this publication? I thought this would be a no-brainer. Right. Uh, that, of course, proved not entirely to be the case. <laughs> okay. But... But uh, but at the same time, I saw that what I was doing had some real validity to it and some some real grounding. And you know, here was something that was going to be useful for people that could save them money, that could save them a lot of heartache, mm-hmm. and ultimately provide a better outcome around one of the most fundamental aspects of human existence, uh, which is um, providing decent shelter. Yeah, wow. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of why I, I kind of fell in love with, with um, what I do. So why, uh, why, why did you get into building? Was it because you were just advertising in the general sense? Were you, were you just advertising whatever at, before then? 
Uh, well, I worked in ad agencies, uh, and then I, I managed to escape, and I moved across into publishing, which, which you know, really was uh, part of my first love. Um, yeah. You know, I trained as a journalist. Um, the the best moments I had when I was in working in advertising was around putting together publications and communications, and I like the whole process. I like the the, the deadline driven nature of it. I like the challenge. I like the creative aspect of it. So. Um, you know, being able to combine uh, the enjoyable aspects of what I was doing together with the fact that uh, we had, my wife and I had done a, a building project in 2004 and we, we came out with a really, really good outcome. Right. Uh, we used a good friend of ours, uh, Paul Summerford, who is at Brown Day Group as our architect. Yep. Uh, and... You know, we provided Paul with some challenges because we wanted to be heavily involved in the design and in the building process. Yep. And uh, that meant that we wanted to test various ideas that we had, uh, especially in the design process. So we, we took two years working through sketch designs for what what ultimately became our, our house. So, you know, um, a, uh, um, pretty much doubled the size of the house from an from a 60 square meter X state duplex yep. to 120 meters with a you know big 70 meter uh, extension out the back, all yeah, very yeah. modern and concrete and wood and so forth. Nice. Um, still, a and, modest, still, um, a, still a modest size on today's standards. Pardon me? That's still a modest size on today's standards. Um, it, it was a modest size, and um, and that also kind of fit, fitted in with part of my, my personal ethos as well, which is, you know, what do you need? I mean, for a start, we couldn't really afford to go much bigger. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, there were plans ultimately to do some uh, building going up above the original building as well. Right. Um, which, which you know, we, we, we will never get to because we eventually had to sell the house um, in order to keep the business going. Wow. Um, but... Um, what we ended up with was, uh, you know, fantastic design, fantastic living space, modest size, and and um, uh, and um, and also built with sustainable approaches in there. So you know, north facing, um, very good ventilation, uh, big uh, concrete floor uh, to act as a, a heat sink, and um, and um, big. Eaves, extended yeah. eaves that that uh, provided very good shade in the summer and so forth. So, you know, we and we over insulated as much as we could to yep. up the R rating, and and uh, you know we had a really comfortable house to live in. All very common sense stuff. Was that and sort we, of your was that sort of your introduction into the building uh, scene? Was that sort of how you saw this opportunity of of the building guide? Uh yeah, pretty much. So we we. Like I said, we, we had a really good outcome. We had yeah. a, a pretty much an enjoyable experience. We learned a lot through our first in, um, endeavor in this field. Uh, and and um, that kind of fed into the building guide itself. Uh, coming at it from a layman's perspective, and we, we learned some things around uh, the approach that tradespeople have. Yeah. Uh, and um, and builders. Yep. Uh, and uh, but we also, you know, at the end of it, um, what I what I came to realise uh, later was 
how little we knew and also how little we knew about the options that were available to us around some of the choices that we were making where we were largely directed by our architect into certain areas right and we kind of abdicated responsibility to to paul and like i said you know we we had a really good outcome but but there were aspects that i think if i'd known a little bit more around some of the product choices we may have done things a little bit differently or chosen different products tell us a bit about that which are there are there any specifics um, well, uh, the cladding, for instance, we, we put marine ply up, you know, shadow clad, yeah. and um, I wonder whether we would have done that if if I had known some of the some of the choices out there. You know, I'm I'm, I'm aware of um, aluminium sidewall now, uh, new wall, for instance, which is a fantastic product, not very expensive, lasts forever, and you can do it in black. Whereas, you know, when we painted the marine ply black, we found that it especially where it was exposed to that sun in a, in a large way, um, it started to warp a bit and pull out, uh, you know, pull the nails out of the wall. wasn't right. the best colour to paint that particular right. product in right. those locations. Yeah. And yet there were alternatives that we could have done that would have been better suited. Right. So it was a case of you didn't know what you didn't know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you know, as it happened, uh, um, a friend of mine uh, runs a an insulation company, yeah. uh, Insul Pro, yep. um, and so I specified that. But the default position for the builder and and uh, designer was pink bats, just because that's the default position, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was only through my own personal connection that I specified Insul Pro. Uh, at that stage, I wasn't aware whether one was better than the other. I was just supporting a mate. Yeah, yeah. But but, um, um, you know, most people just aren't aware of the options in front of them around the different products that they can put into their house. So taking on the building guide was a way of actually allowing, or, you know, for me, letting people know that, that whatever they did didn't have to be pink. Yeah. So were you given this thing called a building guide uh, by the council? No. So you mentioned that uh, it was it was given out uh, at that stage when when people went to get their consent. Is that is that how how did it exist before you took it on? Um, it was traditionally like that. When I when I bought it, uh, the then owner had really wound the business down to a large degree. So right. the the information that was contained in the building guide was way out of date. Uh, there was a lot of advertorial in it. The design looked like it had been done in 1963 and not updated in the whole time right. since. Right. Uh, and, um, and you know, there are 72-odd councils around the country, mm-hmm. and the building guide is done on a region-by-region basis, but he right. was only doing about four out of the ten regions at the time on an annual basis just because – the whole business had wound down so much and he was doing another related business at the same time that was much more lucrative for him. Right. And so he'd kind of let the building guide just really drop away. So when I bought it, it was, you know, it was, it was out of date. It was uh, very poorly designed. It was not getting the full distribution that was required. And, um, and it just wasn't getting out there. 
So, you know, one of the first objectives that I kind of set for myself was to make sure that we, we covered the whole country yeah. every year and that we provided as many copies as possible uh, to the councils as they wanted to hand out, whereas um, um, Ron's approach previously was to basically say, okay, well, we're going to give you, you know, a couple of hundred or 500 or a thousand or whatever it might be. And, you know, once you run out of those, well, you've run out of those. Yep. Whereas my approach is, no, we'll do as many as you need that you think you're going to get through to hand out because, you know, everyone needs one of these. Yeah, yeah, right. So... And then, of course, we completely rewrote it. We we updated all the information around the building act. We, um, you know, my, my personal experience kind of really fed into it. But I, I worked with Paul, my architect, and also uh, a friend who... Um, was a very good builder. He didn't build our house uh, because he was doing something else at the time. But um, but I had the builder and the architect kind of looking over my shoulder at the copy that I was writing. Yep. And then we went out to Auckland Council, uh, Marlborough Council, Christchurch Council, the Building Officials Institute. We went to uh, Master Builders, Certified Builders, NZIA, um, ultimately ADNZ. So um, we went to uh, master plumbers, master electricians. Yep. So we sent it through all of these guys to make sure that the editorial we had was good quality and useful. Yep. And all of them came back with, with thumbs up. EMB, and, I mean, in those days was Department of Building and Housing eventually yep. um, had a read through it as well. And and so I guess through that process, you re-engaged the publication with that whole industry as well. and. It, yeah, well, point. that's right. I, I spent um, I spent the better part of uh, you know probably five years travelling around the country, door knocking on businesses, meeting all the councils, uh, telling people what we were up to, showing people the new publication, and uh, and um, you know reintroducing it out to the wider industry. For those that haven't seen it, how would you how do you sent this, uh, in in one sentence? Uh, sum up what the design guide is and what the building guide is? Well, uh, you've mentioned two products. So, so um, you know, the design guide is a little bit different. We'll come back to that in a sec. But okay. the building guide, the building guide is a project workbook for homeowners who are undertaking a building project. Yep. So we cover off uh, building regulations. We cover off the uh, identifying what kind of um, needs and what kind of uh, um wants the homeowner has yep. we cover off the design process we cover off the construction process there's a construction checklist in there for homeowners there's a product guide a product buying guide in there mm -hmm. and so what we try to do is educate homeowners around the building process uh, so that they have an understanding of the processes it's not a how to build a house book it's a how to work with your building professionals better so that you end up with a better outcome. And, are you and the really... brand's report, yeah. the brand's report that was released about a month ago around builder satisfaction, yeah. the, the big outtake out of that report is that, you know, those people who are most involved in the design process and the construction process are the ones who come out with the greatest amount of satisfaction from their build. Right. Right. And that's from the builder's perspective. That's from the homeowner's perspective. Okay. And, okay. And I imagine, um, are you conscious in all of this of your experience that you had where you got to the end of the project and thought, oh, gee, I wish I knew about 
all these other products. Is that is that always in your mind about absolutely, to solve absolutely. That problem? It's yep, fundamental starting point. But yep. also, you know, we did things like like you know, my wife Shelley set up a, a spreadsheet so we could monitor our our spend and make sure that we, as best we could, stayed yep. within budget. Uh, and, and you've got a fantastic and, budget tool on on the site there where where people can. And we do, yeah. Yep. Um, then uh, a couple of years into it, we I launched uh, Bob Magazine, which is for builders. Yep. And that comes out twice a year, and that is we I started that off as a as a slap up the side of the head for builders, basically. <laughs> right. Because I need one. Well, um, you know, as I was doing the rounds of councils in the industry, two thousand six, two thousand seven, what I discovered was that builders were largely in a state of complete denial about the two thousand four Building Act. Right. You know, I mean, there are certain requirements around um, consent applications that you had to, you know, you actually had to have this kind of information in place to yeah. get an application processed and a consent issued. And there were so many builders that were just like, I- I'm not going to do this. I don't have to do this. I've never done this before. I don't know why I have to do it now. It's the bloody council's fault. They keep holding up my applications. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I keep asking for more and more and more stuff. You know, well, if you did it right the first bloody time, yeah. then it wouldn't have been a problem. Yep. Uh, and so we started off Bob as kind of going, look, guys, you know, it's the new the new millennium, you've got to actually start doing things in a professional way. You've got to do building consent in a pro- proper way. You've got to deal with clients in a proper way. And um, and then, you know, of course, we launched uh, January 2008, and six months later, the global financial crisis was starting to kick in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, since then, we've talked about, um, you know, marketing for builders and basics of things like answering emails, you know, yeah. which builders are notoriously disastrous at. Um, and and uh, and then basic fundamental kind of practical knowledge things like what happens when the concrete arrives? What do you got to have ready? How do you deal with it? What do you need to do? Health and safety on site and things like that. So we kind of deal with the project management and the business management side of running a, a uh, a building residential building business um, which which nobody else really seems to to touch on, and we kind of call a spade a spade you know we try to talk about it in in language that builders will will um you know feel comfortable with and not be too pointy head about it how do you ma- then, how, how do you maintain your independence are you independent yes we are yeah absolutely yeah yeah, we don't we don't rate products as such, mm-hmm. and we try to have a very good relationship with master builders and certified builders and NZIA and ADNZ and the various industry bodies. Yeah, um, we've tried to engage with uh, you know DBH and now MB over the years. Yeah, um, we've found a great deal of um, uh, skepticism and suspicion coming out of DBH in past yeah. years around what we're trying to do. Right. You know, I've felt that they've seen us stepping on their toes and doing what they should be doing, except that they don't do it. Uh-huh. You know, for five years now, they've been, that, that at least that I know, they've been talking about educating consumers, and yet they do sod all about it. Um, so we've stepped into that, into that gap to a large degree but maintain that, that engagement and trying to work with them around educating consumers and looking for them to support us in doing that. 
and and there does seem to be a much better um, a much better uh, attitude towards us these days actually coming out of envy which is which is really gratifying. Do you see yourself more for the consumer or for the building industry? Uh, well, both really. I mean, ultimately, uh, we we're trying to help consumers come out with a better better product, a yep. better home, yep. something that they they will be really pleased with. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, that's got to feed back into benefits for the building industry as well. If you've got a better educated consumer that you're working with. It means that they understand the the processes. So yeah. you know that brands reporter go back to that, and seventy three percent of builds had had a problem where the builder had to come back and fix something. Right. Okay. Seventy three percent. So the thing is that that uh, the people who had built in in the past were expecting that. Yep. And it wasn't a major problem. Right. So as long as the builder came back and fixed the damn thing, which they don't always, and yeah. that's a big problem, um, uh, they roll with it and they get it fixed and that's cool and they move on. Yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, faults like that are um, part of building a house because yeah. it's an incredibly complex undertaking. Yeah, yeah. But... But, uh, um, um, you know, if you've got a, uh, homeowner, a client who understands that there are going to be problems and, and then they just deal with it instead of, you know, taking you to court because yeah. there's an issue yeah. or withholding payment because there's an issue. Yeah. yeah. And that's got to be better for you as a, as a builder or as a designer, right? Yeah. So is that about setting the expectations and, um, making sure the mechanisms are in place to, to deal with issues while they're small rather than letting them become big? Well, it's one thing that we continually push through, Bob especially, is around communication to the client. Right. And 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 letting the client know that, you know, if they make this change to the plans, A, it's going to hold things up, B, it's going to cost a lot of money, and uh, C, you know, they're, they're, um, there may be issues with it as well. It's an interesting uh, point because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but most builders and, and a good chunk of designers and architects aren't taught business skills, are they? No. Well, I don't know that any of them are. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, you, know you look at builders and, and so, um, you know, most of these guys aren't overly academic, so they leave school before they've got too many qualifications. I mean, I know that's changing these days, yeah. but, uh, you know, they rock out of school, they rock into an apprenticeship. Um you know, there's a there's a major problem with with builders with the building industry, uh, in that in that um, uh, you know the Productivity Commission identified 50% of builders as being as being uh, semi or illiterate. Right, that is a problem. <laughs> well, well, you think about this, okay? 50% of builders can't read. How the hell do they read specifications around installing products? Yeah, yeah. Or for that matter, fill out a record of work as part of the consent process now. Yes, yeah, there's certainly a lot of paperwork, uh, increasing amount of paperwork involved. And and most of these guys are essentially running uh, their own business as well. They're, they're all That's small, right. small business owners. And, and, you know, good good 20, 20% of them, well, you know, I mean, 10 or 15% don't have an email address. 
I, I'm staggered like, um, by yeah the number that um, don't either don't have a website or architects. Some of the uh, I, I've I've joked about this at work that I think some architects have the worst websites either because they're, <laughs> they're either because they're really just um, plain or architects are, you know they get a bit arty with them sometimes and they 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 totally make their websites about them and not about the customer. Yeah, and and uh, um, you know, uh, if you're a designer, then then you can design a website, and that's not strictly speaking true. No, no, so, uh, that's I've seen right. Some pretty pretty appalling websites done over the years. Yeah, um, you know, notably, um, Jazzmax had had just an unbelievably worst website uh, for navigation. You know, it was it looked amazing, all this flash technology. But, but yeah, and that yeah, that is a bit of a just yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing is just is just trying to find contact details on on some uh, some of the architecture. Yeah, it's right. Um, but had, uh, but you know, uh, but builders don't don't see the need for it. You know, it's all word of mouth, and, yeah. and uh, what do I need a website for? Yeah. Um, what do I need emails for? You know, um, yeah. and of course, um, around you know business skills like like invoicing. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I'll get to the invoicing later. I don't really want to because it's a uh, it's it's a pain in the ass, and I don't like sending invoices out, and it's all that paperwork. I don't do paperwork. Yeah. But. But of course, if you don't send the invoices out, you don't get paid. You don't get paid. You can't pay your suppliers. If you can't pay your suppliers, you go out of business. Yeah, yeah. Now, now speaking of that, it sounds like it's it's not been an easy road um, for you. you. You mentioned you had to sell the house at one point to to keep uh, um, your publication up and running. What's uh, has it been a challenge to, to get it going? Uh, well, it's it's. It's it's a uh, you know publishing is a tough game mm. in good times, and and the last few years haven't been good times at all, and especially not for the building industry. So yeah, the you know the marketers had their budgets cut back by bean counters, uh, and uh, and it's been like that for a long time. We we saw the smaller local guys continue to advertise for a while because they knew they had to get their name out there and and we were a good vehicle yeah but as the gfc wore on those guys just started to run out of money yeah and had no budget to advertise yeah um so um you know now that the industry is coming back a little bit we're starting to see um a, a bit of an increase in interest around what we're doing which is great yeah but of course, uh, things have changed quite a bit, and so now what you've got is is the internet uh, and Google AdWords starting to play a growing role and taking budget away that would otherwise say come to us. Right. Right. And so uh, you know, and and on top of that, it's also flavor of the month as as uh, you know, ad agency types and and marketers who are part of the digerati. You know, people who are comfortable on cell phones, who on smartphones, who are comfortable accessing email and the internet via their phone, mm-hmm. um, and might have three or four devices going at any one stage. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and I'm in that s- sphere as well. Yeah. But but you know, the great majority of people aren't like that. Uh, but they, you know, that's not their peer group. That's not their reference group. And so, you know, their money goes these days more towards where they're, they think they need to be, which is the internet, and they're ignoring traditional media to a, to a degree. So that's making it harder for us again. 
But you have embraced digital as well, and uh, I'm looking at the Design Guide website, which is a beautiful website. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Sort of with a, it's almost you've adopted a bit of a Pinterest style, um, yeah, very visual, beautiful quality imagery. Is that a part of what is needed now for for capturing and, and retaining an audience online? Um. Well, you, you know, the I mean, just just uh, touching on what the design guide is for a minute. You know, we we kicked that off uh, um, coming out three years ago now. Yep. And the thing about the design guide is that we we always wanted to do something in that space, but it was trying to figure out what to do. Right. And it was not easy coming up with a solution because, you know, there are numerous home magazines out there. Yeah. Oh my and, goodness! Uh, everywhere the supermarkets just got yeah, all right. wrong. <laughs> and and doing something for the architects is. Is quite hard because they get they get inundated with material as well. Yeah, yeah. And so what we wanted to do was also come up with something that was a bit unique and a bit different. And so and so the the thing about the design guide and what we do there is again we're trying to educate consumers. Yep. And at this time, rather than the whole building process, we are trying to educate them around around house design. Right. Okay, so it's an it's an architecture 101 for homeowners. Yeah. And what we do is we get architects themselves to write the case studies, to write the stories. Uh-huh. So, you know, we get Marsh Cook to write about, well, here's what starts off planning your house, you know. Um, where's north? What are the uh, noise considerations around you? Where are your neighbor's place? What kind of landscape are you on? And so forth as considerations into the starting point for your design. Yep. That was the very first article that we did. And from there, you know, the last um, publication that we did, which is I love, is um, all about houses in a context. So we start off with this amazing, beautiful Andrew Patterson house uh, at Murawai, mm-hmm. which is a coastal house. Yeah, and what are some of the design features that came out of being on the coast like that? And then we have an apartment house that is right smack above the motorway in Auckland City. We have a a Sydney urban house that is a renovation and is stunning. And then we have a country house. We have a an apartment house. We have a um, a, a suburban house that's got movable interior walls as your family grows up so it can be adaptable and so on and so forth. So it's it's all about architects writing about their house design and why they did things a certain way mm-hmm. to start educating homeowners around that space. Yeah. And so, you know, looking at, at, um, at what we do there and we've got this, you know, um, most of the photographs that we use are from a guy called Simon Devitt. I don't know if you've come across him, but he's a fantastic photographer. And then we've got some from Patrick Reynolds and, and uh, you know, another fantastic architectural f- photographer in New Zealand. Uh, and so the imagery is really important, but what we're also trying to do is look at what's going on within the design features so that we can highlight them and say, see what works here? All right, so that when the consumer is the client is sitting down with the designer, they can say, "Oh, look, you know what? We really want something like this because this is how it fits into our lifestyle." Yeah. yeah. And so now we're starting to do that on the design guide website, and part of what we're trying to do is use that to stimulate ideas, and the building guide website to stimulate or to educate around the processes, so that people have an understanding and and um, and build a little ecosystem around around uh, um, house building. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you're certainly doing a, a great job, Mike, and um, we haven't even got into the the state of, of housing, which I would normally talk about. But what's if you, if you had to give a prospective homeowner one piece of advice if they're looking at embarking on a renovation or a new build, what what would that be? Um, um. <laughs> Uh, uh, can I can I give you five? Uh, um, <laughs> sure. Is, it, I mean, is, the, it, the is first, there a, <laughs> is there a five step process? Oh no, but uh, look, the, I mean, the first thing I think is to is to really um, figure out what you what you want and can afford. Yep. Yeah, I just snuck in two there. Figure <laughs> out what you want and can afford, um, but also really spend a lot of time around the design. Yeah. And work through the design and talk to people and take measuring tapes to your friends' places to see how big doorways are and how big hallways are and how big rooms are and how big bench spaces are and so forth so that you get an understanding of, you know, what kind of things work in, in a spatial a way. Idea. Um, but also um, um, to, um, you know, make sure that the bones of what you build are good. How do you do that? You know, you can always change a light fitting. Yeah. But you can't you can't change the amount of insulation that you've got in your roof. Right. You, well, the roof not too bad, but your walls you, that's hard. So that structure, the the basic fabric of the house, getting that right, the stuff Hell that you're not yes. the stuff that you're not likely to or hope to never see again. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, um, you know the the only the only other thing that I, that I would add is is just. Um, uh, you know how disappointing it is that the industry as a whole hasn't really, um, really looked at going out to educate consumers around good quality housing. Yep. You know it's really stood back from it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you've got Homestar now, but that's a that was a, an initiative out of the New Zealand Green Building Council that was set up. I don't even know why it was set up, who set it up, you know? It was independent, wasn't it? It was a, a large group of people initially that wanted to see it set up, and uh, the original uh, was a sort of trifecta of uh, Green Building Council brands and Beacon Pathway. Um, right, okay, so I, I know the guys at Beacon Pathway, for instance, yeah. right? And um, um, so I know that they're out there trying to do this, but but they're, they're more of a research-based organization rather than a consumer education and uh, um, um, so you know brands is really focused on on educating the the industry mm. but not so much the consumers yeah although you know I, I mean I'm working with them on an ongoing basis yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and and then you've got um, um, you know you've got life mark out there now yep so you know there are some good things out there there yeah. there's Homeowners and Buyers Association, who have been really supportive for us over the years, but, yeah. but they haven't got the funds to go out and educate consumers. Mm. Mm. Um, councils seem to be stepping back from it. You know, the Auckland Council is no longer handing out the building guide. Yeah, right. Give right. it to them for free. Yeah. You know, I, gave, I give it to councils for free to give to consumers, but Auckland Council no longer give it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you are being a leader in that space and stepping into that opportunity, Mark. So um, good on you for uh, stepping up to the uh, the challenge there. 
lots of resources available. Where can people? Where should people go to find out uh, more about you and to get access to the design guide and the building guide? Well, the first thing is is building guide website is buildingguide.co.nz. Yep. There's the design guide website, which is designguide.co.nz. There's our bobforbuilders.co.nz website, which is a, an online resource for builders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an aim high publishing dot code. Uh, I think it's aim aim high aim dash high. I think it is. Yep. Uh, .co.nz. So that that. There's a little bit around about my background and, and what we're trying to do here and some of the other things that I'm involved in as well. Awesome. We will link all those up in uh, the notes for this show so that people can find them. But nice and easy, designguide.co.nz and building guide, I guess, are the easiest ones. Um, awesome. Aside from your magazines, Mark, what's your what's your favourite book? Oh, well, um, my my... Oh God, I've got, I've got so many favourite books. You know, that's a, another tricky <laughs> question. But, but my favourite author, yeah, uh, is actually a guy who died last year. Right. Um, not that old either. He's only a couple of years older than me. His name is Ian Banks. Yeah. And I'm a science fiction reader, and he wrote under the name Ian M. Banks, and just a tremendously insightful, humorous take on. And rather cynical take on on uh, interstellar politics, which uh, which I really like. Interstellar politics, not a topic yeah, we often well, cover on no. the show. It's it's space opera, but uh, but um, you know with a with a tremendous sense of humour in there. Awesome. Um, and uh, uh, but uh, but from an architectural point of view, um, there was a book that came out. Uh, and I think the author was a guy called John Dalzell, no relation to the Waterfront Auckland guy. Yeah. Uh, and he wrote um, a, a book uh, with a colleague called A House in the City. A House and in the City. And it was an academic study into the ideal design features for medium density housing. And then they built the house. Yeah. And it's brilliant. Sounds great. I will definitely uh, link up both of those in the uh, in the show notes as well. Hey, um, awesome. great talking to you, Mark. Really appreciate your time, and no doubt we'll uh, see more of your stuff uh, in the future. Thanks, Matthew. Look, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Mark Graham, there, finishing up that interview, and there's a lot of stuff in there. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you're a homeowner or a prospective homeowner looking at designing your own place, then definitely head on over, check out uh, the design guide. I'll put these links up in the show notes. So head on over to homestylegreen.com slash 76, and I'll put all of the links to Mark's stuff there. Um, his main website, uh, Aim High Publishing, uh, is straightup.co.nz. Uh, there is the house uh, homeowner's design guide, which is uh, sorry, building guide, which is buildingguide.co.nz. Design guide is designguide.co.nz, and then there's also bobforbuilders.co.nz. So plenty there for everyone. And uh, hello, Jasmex. Uh, I think your website's much improved from uh, what Mark was talking about there. I love having guests who uh, aren't afraid to tell us what they really think. But um, it does raise a really good question. What uh, what have you seen out there? If you're looking around for designers and builders, have you seen some pretty shoddy websites? Have you seen some good ones? If you have seen some good ones, then 
let me know. Maybe we'll put them up on Facebook and give them a, a bit of a critique. And if you are a designer or a builder yourself, what's your online presence look like? I'm really interested in this area, and I'm interested in helping people out as well. Um, possibly not me directly, but uh, I've got a few people who are in that space of design, website design, getting yourself uh, present. It doesn't have to cost a lot. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but it does have to show quickly that you're a professional and that what you're all about and, and, and most importantly, how to get in touch with you really easily as well. Um, if you do want some uh, tips and advice in that area, maybe a bit of a help with your online presence, then get in touch. love to hear from you. And if you're a consumer, if you're a, uh, a shopping for a designer and builder, then let me know if you come across some really good ones uh, or some really bad ones as well. So thank you very much for uh, tuning in again. It's a bit of a long one this week, so we're going to wrap it up. And, of course, once again, thank you very much to Nodora. Definitely check them out if you are in the early stages of a concept design or planning a new home. Have a think about ICF as a construction method. You might be very impressed with the results. That's it for me, Matthew Cutler-Welsh. Now go make a better place to live. <laughs>